With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome in, Paul Catalina, Royden Ogletree alongside for your Tuesday. And I'm just going to tell everybody, we're probably going to have, uh, at least Roy, Royden is not going to change and Steven's not going to change, but I do believe Chris and Pierre will be flipping days. Uh, and maybe we'll see a little bit okay. less of Chris because okay. he keeps getting promoted at work and it's... Well, really I always thought this was the prime time slot. It is. It so, is. Yeah. So, you like, here's the thing. I'm saying Royden is the guy who's here. He's not, mm-hmm. like, he only is not here when he's in, like, Scotland or something. <laughs> it's not like I've missed, like, 15 shows, but, no, yeah, no, I'm definitely here. here all the time. He's here. He's ready to go. Um, what you may not know about Royden, Royden has a, 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 which I've been on several times, uh, a movies podcast. Mm-hmm. Big, we're both big movie buffs. Um, you know, I'll just start out today with Oscar nominations are out. We're out today. <laughs> and I have gotten to the point where like, I see them. I'm like, oh, okay, good. I saw those movies yeah. or I'm about to watch that one. This is the first year though, that like most of the movies nominated are ones that I would see as opposed to stuff that like, I feel like somebody should see seven because, French people saw in a backyard somewhere. Yeah. I, yeah, I would see, you know, and they, um, I saw a stand-up special. I can't remember who it was. He was really good. And somebody, like he said, um, did you think the stand-up special was funny? And they're like, he was like, no, it was important. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's kind of how I feel about movies now. Like, oh, is it good? Like, oh, it's important though. Right. Like, yeah. look, no offense to women talking, but like when I saw the preview for that movie, I was just like, this is not one that's going to make me sit through it. Like, you know, like those things happen, you know, and um, – you get like more and more unrelatable movies. And this year there were some relatable ones that I think were, that yeah. are, are good. So I, like, this is maybe a year, but again, it was like, there was a lot of things that didn't make sense. Like how do you Margot Robbie's in the biggest movie of the year. And she like was the only one didn't get nominated. She was Barbie. Yeah. She was Barbie. And was like, well, everybody else did a better job around her right. as the main character. And you're like, all right. It's also very ironic that the movie is about, you know, Barbie finding out, like, in the modern world that it's, like, a man's world and all this stuff. And, and then, then Ken gets and then, nominated. And then Ken gets nominated. It's yeah. like, and not that he didn't deserve it. He was fantastic in the movie. But I think um, everybody came out of the movie was like, Ryan Gosling was awesome. It was like, that wasn't the point. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, everybody was good in the movie. Everything yeah. was good. But anyway, it's just, just thought, like, funny. I just thought I would bring I, that up and we'll get cover, your quick opinions on we'll it. We'll cover it in full on the One Take podcast. Yeah. Go uh, follow us. That'd be great. We just... Leave a review if you would too. Yeah. Um, the even if it's what? Yeah, even if it's like, <laughs> eh. I, I, I somebody called us like a cavalcade of idiots one time. I said that that's like, great on that's, a, on a that's review. Great. Which yeah. sure, okay, sure. Um, but the the thing about the Oscars is that recently, and your viewership is dropping as I talk. But like the the recently, they have sort of like okay, no one's watching our show, and that's what this is all about. 
to get ratings. How can we do that? And so, recent, okay, well, we'll give nominations to Top Gun Maverick, which was a brilliant movie, technically, anyway. Mm-hmm. We'll give movie, uh, nominations to some of these things. And they could just they just couldn't ignore some of those things like Barbie. But as far as, like, the nominations go for, like, there's still five or six nominations where people are like, no one's talking about that. <laughs> and it happens every year. That movie, Nyad, which by all accounts is like a great movie made by the people that made free solo, which was an incredible movie has sat on my front page of Netflix for five weeks. No one's talked about it. It's been on the front page of Netflix for that long, but no one's talked about it. That got like three or four nominations, but regardless, I, I, I think they mostly get a lot of things right. And they've started to sort of flip the direction to uh, recognizing people that, have not been recognized before by the uh, Academy Awards, take from that what you will, and also recognizing blockbuster films, which I'm all about. Things that get people, like, butts in seats, you got to start recognizing those movies. If everybody likes a movie, guess what? It's good. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. That's um, Sometimes the most-watched movie is the best. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, if everybody likes it, it's good. Yeah. Like, just because it doesn't check off some sort of, like, box on, you know... On like oh they didn't discuss this very important social issue yeah. doesn't mean it's not a good movie you can't look and some of these movies just don't come out mm-hmm. to like middle America mm-hmm. and I kind of count us as like middle America like mm-hmm. they come out on a Tuesday at three in the afternoon yeah and you're just like ah, okay no one's gonna go see that like no one has seen Anatomy of a Fall in Kansas sorry yeah. hadn't seen it yeah. but like and yeah. I haven't even seen it because it hasn't come here and I've seen like seventy movies this year so, yeah. uh, so anyway anyway regardless. but there we go I just wanted your opinion on that as we make small talk to start the show right we make small talk to start the show I'm here- not mad at all just go follow me on Twitter, totally no. not mad or upset about this dumb award show. No, absolutely. I don't even like they've become so unwatchable that I'm just like, you yeah, know. they're also boring. Yeah, there's like, but I can't stop watching it. Yeah, it's just like, all right, you know, like I wasn't watching a couple years ago and then I found it like, hey, you got to turn this on right now. Somebody slaps somebody. <laughs> like, this is something, something big's just happened. Right. Um, but um, anyhow, uh, there are, I want to talk about. As we were going to start transitioning a little bit more basketball and, mm-hmm. like, maybe a football topic, an NFL topic, like a college football topic, an NFL topic, and maybe a basketball topic, um, you know, each show uh, as we kind of move forward through this, the football offseason, which is almost here for both. You know, the, the NFL, we've got, you know, two more weeks of games and then, yeah. and then that. So, um, but as we were in the college football offseason, I thought about, like, there are a bunch of second-year head coaches at, at big spots that, like, you know, who's going to see the biggest jump, who who is primed to have the biggest jump in that. And, like, I brought up – I've got several teams up who I'm I'm curious about. And if I'm leaving anybody out, please, okay. you know, fill in the blanks. But, um, you know, if you've watched the show for many weeks, you'll know that I'm great with uh, remembering the names yes. of people. But, look, I'll tell you, um, Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati. Right. Matt Rule at Nebraska. Um, so you were doing first-year head coaches at programs. At programs. Okay, so like, I was thinking first-year head coaches uh, in at general. All, no, no, no. Yeah, at programs. But I was like, Kenny Dillingham, maybe? Well, yeah. look, he's on there. Yeah. Kenny Dillingham. He, 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 he falls into both circles. Right. The Venn diagram of that lands on Kenny Dillingham right. here. Um, Deion Sanders, mm-hmm. Colorado. Uh, Ryan Walters at Purdue. And uh, Brent Pry at Georgia Tech. And Kenny Dillingham are the ones that jump out to me as the guys who, given their situation, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, and we can start, like, do you want to start with the big ones and, like, wean down to the small ones or start small and go big? Well, I'd also add in Hugh Freeze Hugh Fre- uh, back oh, yes, at, you know, at Auburn. Um, yeah, Hugh Freeze, is a, Hugh Freeze is a really interesting one. Actually, you know what? I can't believe I didn't say Hugh Freeze. Because, I was thinking Luke Fickle. And Luke, yeah, Luke Fickle, Wisconsin. So... Yeah, these are all guys. So let's start with Hugh Freeze because I want to have this discussion with the two of you. Hugh Freeze is in year two. Recruiting for high school appears to be going really well for Auburn. Like they are getting guys. Like Mm -hmm. they are getting guys, 2024 guys. The 2025 class looks like it's already starting out. But the one thing that Hugh Freeze hasn't done is he has not addressed the quarterback position. Like if it were to start today – Peyton Thorne would be the quarterback again. And I think we saw how that went for them. Right. And I know Hugh Freeze is a great offensive coach. 
and has coached up some really good quarterbacks in his day and, like, even gotten guys maybe playing a little bit above their station. Old Chuck Brewer. There you go, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, for a little bit before. But then, then of course, Malik Willis happens. Right. Like, um, yeah, Malik Charlie, Willis, Charlie like- Brewer was the precursor for Cam Rising's explosion at Utah right. and Malik Willis at Liberty. Like, <laughs> they should just give him infinite eligibility if there's a guy you're going to, like, put a foot in their ass a little bit and be like, hey. We're bringing, we're, in, we're, we're bringing we're, in Charles. We're bringing in Charlie Brewer. And uh, and then he's going to start the first game, and then you're going to be like, this is bull crap. <laughs> I really got to get in a weight room. I'm gonna, yeah. All right, let's see. I'm start <laughs> so, really paying attention to these meetings. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this guy's just beat up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. So anyway, yeah. And anyhow, they uh, – but those are codes. But but Hugh Freeze in particular, I'm really interested in because the transfer portal is about to close, and it is I think it's essentially closed for everybody who's not like at Arizona, Washington, San Jose State, and uh-huh. Bama right yeah, now. Yeah, Alabama. So and then Michigan here in a few days. But Michigan's already lost a ton of guys. If Jim Harbaugh takes the Chargers job, which I think he's going to do. We've talked about that for weeks. I think Sharon Moore is going to get that job. So I don't really think they're going to have that same kind of problem. Like. They're I think they retain a lot of people. They do have a, like some really high star recruits coming in for yeah. a quarterback, I believe, like a four to five star, yeah. like on the on the table. But yeah. anyway, actually, the one they have coming in for next year uh, goes to my high school. Oh, Carter Smith. Yes. So anyway, um, taught him everything uh, he knows. Clearly, clearly, my high school is a lot better when they're like. There's a kid going to Ohio State this year. There's a kid going to Michigan next year, and. We had a kid going to Bethune Cookman, and we're like, "This is the best thing ever." Right. <laughs> we had one guy go to A and M, and we yeah. were just like, "Oh my god, we've made it." We had a bunch of good like baseball players, you know. We had baseball players that played football, like mm-hmm. you know, one of our guys played baseball at Notre Dame, another one played at Oklahoma State and UCF. You know, we had we had those guys. You know, we had some guys that played ball at smaller schools, but like you know, I never once like I never once saw like those things like we saw like a coach like. Holy crap, such a marble. Like right, I never yeah, had that. Yeah. We never had like back then, like we never had Tom Osborne walking in the door and like, oh, he's here to see so and so. Like yeah. never had that happen. Never darkened the door. Occasionally, like somebody would get a letter from a school like that, but it was it was always like, Dear David. <laughs> 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 we are excited for your interest because you feel you checked them off on the yeah, clearinghouse yeah. form, right? And so, yeah, but it's clearly things have changed. Um, but um, just had to get you out of there, you know. Yeah, exactly. Several it was years just, ago. just, yeah, just a twenty-five year like build, <laughs> build to then. Um, anyway, Hugh but Freeze, uh, yeah, incredible, incredible recruiter. Auburn can now kind of fill. I, they're not going to be the one that fills the gap that was left by Alabama, but they have an opportunity to jump like. It's, it's weird They'll benefit saying, from it a yeah, lot. It's Maybe weird saying that like, Auburn, who has won national championships in recent memory, has a chance to like really solidify themselves. You know what I mean? But they have a chance to really sort of jump stations, uh, and instead of being, instead of being firmly number two in that area, being one B, or potentially jumping Alabama, depending on how down they're going to be, considering they have no more players. But. Uh, yeah, I, I. They could also snipe Alabama's players, but um, what did we think of Hugh Freeze's first year? Uh, I mean, it seven was seven and five, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it was uneven. They lost in the bowl game, I and mean, they like they didn't. You know, look, they were better. Like they finished stronger than they started, but Garrett, like they dropped. They also dropped games. They definitely should have won. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they were like they had that good game against Georgia for a minute, and then like. You know, like all those things that like they pushed Alabama to the absolute like. I mean, took a miracle to miracle beat them, but like it's still. I think it's what was to be expected, right? Like you had you had a team, you had a mass turnover there. You're bringing in a brand new defensive coordinator and Ron Roberts, who you've already moved away from. Um, I I I feel like Euphries walked into a situation where he was able to kind of lay the foundation a little bit, and it's only going to continue to grow, and it's only going to help now that Saban's gone. But I think if you look as at their season as a whole. while there could have been more things to be desired, yes, I think generally it was as good as it could have gotten for Euphrates' first season there. Um, now, as far as like the quarterbacks go, I think they were in the hunt. I really feel like they were holding out hope and thought they were going to get Caden Salter. Now, when we had Caden on, he alluded to the degree plan wasn't there. You can buy into that what you want. Um, 
I did great. But we all know. There. We all know. But I feel like if you're, you're looking – if you're you freeze and you're Auburn, you can wait until this next portal window opens. You're more than likely going to have quarterbacks hitting the portal from Oregon because Dante Moore and um, Dylan Gabriel are there. So somebody's going to hit the portal. Ohio State's going to have a bunch of people hit the portal. They probably can pick up a quarterback here in this next round. But as they head into spring ball, yeah, it's not much to work with with Peyton Thorne. Who was the cat at uh, Texas State? T.J. Finley? Let's Finley. bring him back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, and they, like I do think they suffered from that. Like they I did. think, and look, if T.J. Finley and Hugh Freeze aren't simpatico, then it's not going to work anyway. Right. But you know, like he, he I think, would have been better than Peyton Thorne. And, and look, right now, you look at the quarterbacks available in the portal, and there is not someone that you would go and say uh, outside of Will Rogers. Like Will Rogers is the yeah, one that you would there, say, like, but, but again, you, like he's he played injured a lot last year. He already mm-hmm. in the Seattle metro area. Yeah, he's he there. On the, in the he's game. there, and he but he's in the portal because you know, um, Kalen DeBoer went to Alabama. Well, like Will Rogers is not transferring to Alabama. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like they've they've already they're already loaded at quarterback. They already got one quarterback transfer in. They'll have some more out. Like it's just how it's going to work. So I don't know. Like that one at Auburn is really interesting to me in that how do you approach an offseason unsure at the most important position and hoping that like another year of Peyton Thorne. The guy who, you know, Keon Coleman got tired of catching passes from. Like, <laughs> these are, like, let's, let's go through the empirical evidence. Like, you know, you've got a 7-5 and five quarterback. That's what he is. He's 7-5 and five quarterback. If you really want to make, like, again, Kalen DeBoer is there at Alabama. You probably have a year or two reasonably before. To get a good foothold. But to, like, to try to get, like, to take your piece of the, like, of the pie. Up, yeah. Like you have it like there are, but you know, here's the thing. How long did everybody around the University of Texas have to get a foothold before Texas got back to it? A decade. And they did more than <laughs> like, yeah, they had a decade. Like a couple of times. Uh, yeah. A couple of times. Like you've had time. Like to, I mean, Oklahoma would argue that they Oklahoma always owned had it. it. But like you're talking as about far the as state like, of Texas. Like in the state yeah. of Texas, like where you're comparing Auburn to Alabama. Like You've got a little bit of window right now where you can maybe grab a little bit of a bigger piece of the pie. But if Kalen Abor starts winning and winning soon within the next year or two, then it's not going to matter anymore. It's right. still going to be the same thing. Look, AM had a better conference mm-hmm. than Texas did by all you know, metrics, right? They had all this opportunity. They had all this more money that they were better getting. Better recruiting classes. They had better recruiting classes. They had all these things that happened. And who is in a better spot right now? Texas, who's coming into the conference that AM was in. Mm-hmm. You know, Baylor capitalized a little bit in that, like, they won conference titles while Texas was down. Yeah. You know, TCU capitalized a little bit, but did anybody make any lasting, like, they didn't make a foothold that, like, generations from now that you're going to be like, exactly. Like, but you had a decade, 18 recruiting classes from now. They're not going to be like, yeah. remember when we won in 2010? Yeah. You know, you, you, you had a decade to where you had. An opportunity to really, really put him in the ground, and you didn't. And so I'm not confident that Auburn can do that with Alabama, but it will be interesting to see what Hugh Freeze does, at least in the short term, of trying to weaken at least the in-state grab that Alabama had because of Nick Saban. Because part of Auburn's problem was, and I know they realized this, they were never going to have Nick Saban. So like, as long as Nick Saban's at your biggest rival, like it's, you're just going to be swimming up. So, yeah, sorry. So the the, the, pre, the thing with Hugh Freeze, it was never the coaching or I mean it was a little bit of the coaching. He could never really get over the hump, but it was never the he recruiting. Did beat Saban twice. Yeah, so. it was never it was never the recruiting or really the coaching. It was the other stuff. Yeah. So if he can just like keep it straight and narrow, I think I think Auburn's on the right or, track. Or, or use a burner phone. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, look, I always mean, have three. You have know? you have you never seen like a. A spy movie? <laughs> I mean, never. What's like the a, wire? I've never watched that once. Yeah, like you've never seen like a movie where you know people do illicit things and they don't use their their work phone to do that. Sir, we got an iMessage from you. Do you realize? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you realize how backed up that I'm is. Not, I'm not it's in the in, cloud, brother. But look, I'm not in any way advocating what. Hugh Freeze did. I'm just saying he's still a coach at Ole Miss if he has a burner phone. Yeah. Bottom line. <laughs> There's no. Probably. Uh, okay. I, I do want to talk about um, Texas A&M 
Well, he was a first-year coach. Oh, yeah, first year. So you're the second year. Never mind. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, so let's, we're, let's this, ignore that. That's Matt a, Rule. That's another topic. Let's talk about Matt Rule and Nebraska. Look, he went out and got one of the top quarterbacks in the country in Dylan Riola uh, to come there. Uh, that's that's crazy a legacy. how that worked. Yeah, that's a legacy. Yeah. And, um, you know, that didn't set off as many dominoes. Um, Julian Sands going to set up a lot of dominoes here eventually. It's going to be more of like a slow burn on that. Mm-hmm. Like with him at Ohio State, it's probably going to send Aaron Nolan into the portal eventually and Lincoln Kindholz is a year before him and all that. Devin Brown, uh, I like how Devin – like Devin Brown's just not in the window right now, but as soon as the spring window comes open, he's going to be like, I'm, I'm in the portal because, you know, they've kind of told you like, hey um, – you have to beat out Will Howard or else, right. and we wouldn't have brought in Will Howard if you thought that we thought you were going to be the starter. So, like, that's how it is. I hate it for him. I love it because he wears number 33. Like, that's baller sick. move. Baller move. But he can wear number 33 somewhere else. And Loving quarterbacks is like, I'm 28. Why? What? <laughs> yeah. No, you should. You should. It's elitist to be like, no, no, no. I'm only wearing a number 19 and below. I do want. And if I, I were 19, I'm kind of a goober. Like, no. <laughs> I do want a quarterback to come out with just like, just like 53. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't matter. They didn't you could play any position. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have any eligible and ineligible numbers. That was just how it was. Um, but no, I think Matt Rule, as he establishes, he's got Glenn Thomas back on his staff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's you can see the the roots growing into that program there. Dylan Riola might be their quarterback this year because they don't have they didn't go for a veteran like they were they were kind of in on Will Howard they were kind of in on Kyle McCord like at the beginning but once Riola flipped it's like well now we got to see what we're doing here because Nebraska's not had a not like not to mention a quarterback like this but a recruit like this in general in a decade so yeah like they've got to go all in on building around Riola right now I I sometimes I like the idea of sitting and we've seen sitting be the top topic of conversation in the NFL. There's reasons why you can and can't do that. In in NCAA football, I kind of – I'm like, you kind of have it or you don't. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I mean, it is a step up. Obviously, people are bigger, stronger, faster the older they get in, in NCAA football. And sometimes, especially at these larger programs and these big-time games, you can see the quarterback get a little lost mm-hmm. sometimes because it's like, oh, I was playing in front of 3,000 people. Now I'm playing in front of 100 in 3,000 people. Yeah. And sometimes the, you can see them get a little wide-eyed. Mm-hmm. But just to go back to purely anecdotal evidence that I have, when Robert mm-hmm. Griffin came in against Purdue, you're like, oh, yeah, he has it. Yeah. Like, it was just like that was it. He has it. Like, and just to go down the line of Baylor quarterbacks, like Charlie Brewer wasn't the best quarterback, but he was the best quarterback on that team, and he had it right. Like he could just play football. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of get worked up on game experience and so on and so forth. I kind of think that you can see it right away, and you'll see it right away with Riola. And you don't want to, like, sh- shatter a five-star's confidence, but also who else are you going to play at yeah. Nebraska? Yeah. No, and look, they like they might get to spring where that they see it and they're like, all right, well, we, they're they're probably gonna have to bring in a transfer, but it's gonna be a non-threatening transfer. Yeah, just somebody, it's not yeah. gonna be it's not gonna be a Will Howard or Kyle McCord no. type that's gonna necessarily keep him wet. That's just gonna be there so that they can like balance it out and like not fill his plate too full first. Yeah, not to say that you should not have a viable backup because we've seen that happen too, and then all of a sudden. Guy gets his confidence shaken a little bit, and coaches in the NCAA like love to take out their quarterbacks. They just mm-hmm. love to do it, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll, you'll see the confidence gets shaken, or the kid gets hit, and he's never been hit that hard before, so he has to come out. And then the backup is ten times worse than what you were running out there in the first place. You have to have a viable backup, but I think having one that is like I, I don't know how you balance this act, but having one that you know is not a threat. Yeah. To, to come in is is an interesting balancing act. Well, like, or at least if he comes in, he's not a threat to keep the job right? Like forever. It's just he's there to help you. Like that's, that's Rarely they, do we have a TCU situation. Yeah. Um, from 2022. Yeah. I mean, that rarely happens. Yeah. So, like, but, like, I could see, you know, so, like, I'll, I'll, well, he was at Nebraska, but – I'll use the – that's what Casey Thompson's going to be in Oklahoma. Exactly. He's there 
to help Jackson Arnold. So whoever that Casey Thompson is that's in the portal for Nebraska, that's who they're going to get. Non-threatening to Dylan Riola, like long-term. But short-term, like, you know, maybe if you just need to, like, Here's how you study the playbook. Like those kind of things you can say, all right, you're going to get your time. We're going to share reps. You know, like there's a lot of different ways to do it so that you don't, again, you also don't want to ruin a guy by like putting, and look, Dylan Riola and he, and, and more power to him, but he's taken on a lot of pressure by committing to his legacy school. You know, his dad, that's his uncle. That's not 100% yet. That's yeah, that is. That is, he's the guy who is going to, he's trying to lead the charge back to being Nebraska again. And so, like, he's taking that on and more power to him. But also, like, and you want a guy, like, I want guys, if I'm Matt Rule, I want guys that are like, yes, I'm ready for this. I want the challenge. But I also know that, like, I got to protect him from that because I can't be like, hey, I know that you said you wanted this challenge, so we didn't get anybody else. You got to be like, well, you know. Hey, you have to go be Christ, you know, yeah, so yeah. You uh, have to, go like, perform miracles, buddy. Yeah, you are absolutely out here. Like, we need you. Yeah, walk on water for us yeah. right away. Even Jesus built up to it. <laughs> 33 years. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't kid's just, 19. He just didn't roll out, like, all the stuff right away. It was... Look, it was different dates. It was right. walking on water, water to wine. It was all like he wasn't doing all the tricks at one yeah. thing. So, sometimes yeah. sometimes you have to work on those layering throws. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? It gotta, takes a little bit of you time. You gotta go. You gotta go. Uh, so yeah, but like that's that's what he has to do. Now the problem becomes though too, I wanna add, is like sometimes with this is like you it sucks because if he like gets them to a point where like by the end of his career they win ten games or whatever, it's then they start getting the next guy. And it's always funny because it's like Nebraska fans will remember, but in unless he goes on the NFL and does amazing things, it's it's kind of funny to like, will we, we remember him for being the hey, guy my, or is it the guy after the first guy? Yeah. I would say that the goal for Nebraska with Dylan Riola is playoff by year three. Like, yeah. you know, which means being 12th, like be 12th by year three. Mm. Be a team that's competing for the Big Ten title by year three. Because then if you're doing that, then you can build off of that. The problem that Nebraska has now is they have nothing to build off. That anyone that they're recruiting, unless their parents are dyed-in-the-wool Nebraska fans, uh, are familiar with. Right. Like, everything No seems, recent success. Yes. And, you know, I hate to say it because it affects me, but me talking like if I'm Matt Rule telling them about Tommy Frazier – and Bobby Newcomb and like the Wistrom brothers and all that, that they were the Mechavickas at fullback, like all that sounds like my dad telling me about Doke freaking Walker. Like, <laughs> I get it. Like, and that's, he's probably even too old for my dad. I say that. But, um, but like, you know, my dad, you know, when he was a kid, John David Crow was at AM. Yeah. So, like, I heard about John David Crow all the time because that was his dude when he was in like middle school and high school, right. like John David Crow. So, like, he, that was his guy, right? Yeah. And so, like, but me, like, if, you know, like, Smokey's a Nebraska fan. When he tells people, like, oh, man, you guys should have seen, you seen that game against Florida in the Fiesta Bowl in 95. Tommy Frazier was great. And they're like, 1995? Like, when cell phones were still in a bag? You mean the late 1990s? <laughs> like, oh, my the God. The late 20th century? Car cars, not all cars had power windows. You still had to. Or Dude, airbags. This. Yeah. Or this. Yeah. Your grandpa's work truck definitely right. smelled like smoke and didn't have airbags. Yeah, exactly. Look, there were still, like, there's going to be generations of people that never, and you might be on the edge of this, there were still smoking se sections in restaurants when you were young. Oh, yeah, very, yeah. very like, late. Like, to, in, in Livingston, Texas, it was like 2006. Yeah. Like, people were in there. Yeah. Like, I think they just got rid of one. Maybe like five like, years like ago. everything that like is still now is like grandfathered in, and they're just waiting for that guy to die of lung cancer before they're like, all right, you're not grandfathered anymore. It was so weird. He's because, not like, the city council going. I'm not, I'm not budging. Yeah, I love to <laughs> I love to take taste ash with my Mexican food. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but yeah, they they they've got to do that. Another look, another program that was in the same spot as Nebraska, but has more juice is Colorado because well, they, I mean like. Because, because, of who they hired, yeah. because of who they hired. Uh, it's always going to get more attention than every other coach because right. he's Deion Sanders. Um, Matt Rule's good at advertising his program. He's fantastic at it. The best but, youth, pastor, youth pastor money can buy, yeah. brother. But the thing is, is you're not going to, like, again, it's like, you know, 
it's go like going up against Jay Z. Like you're not going to be right. more like you know, you can be like, listen, I've had way more hits recently than Jay Z has, and like good for you. Mm -hmm. Uh you only exist because you know, like, right. like you can't do it. Like you're not going on before Jay Z. It's just how it is when it comes to the entertainment value of what Dion is. His is gonna be really interesting as he moves into a new conference and they've gotten a lot of transfers. And their high school recruiting has gone well, not as well as you would think. It was bad to start, wasn't it? But it was like, like they had like four recruits or something. But he's like he's got like he's got a different thing. Like he's trying to make it so she can show that he's like he works and I think he will. It's just that, you know, what they did last year was not tenable. And he knew it. Like he knew it was coming and he did as much as he could to be like, look, you know, these concepts work. What we're doing works. But he also didn't have the right offensive line coach in there. He didn't have the right defensive coordinator in there. He didn't have the right players in there. He didn't have enough his, depth. Except for a couple. Like, those was what happens with Dion. I, I think his recruiting will tick up the next class. I think when you start yeah. looking at your 2025, 2026 classes, when you can regularly sell to kids in Texas, like, hey, you play here, you're going to be at the Big, Big 12 Conference. You can – uh, when we're on the road, your family can come see you. There's different yeah. elements that you can work there that I think you'll see his classes continue to grow. And also being able to sell getting back into Florida with UCF and that and utilizing his uh, his relationships there, I think that will help as well. Yeah. I, I, I think – Are you closer in Lubbock to Colorado than you are to, like, Houston? Pro probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, But those are the things – like, that's the one thing that Colorado and the Pac-12, like, it made a lot of sense in, like, certain, like – university goals sense like well we have these kind of academic programs like it lined up that way but sports wise they were just never a fit mm -hmm. like it like nobody ever cared like they tried to make oregon and colorado this rival and they were both like i mean yeah. and we don't want to lose to you but i mean i'm not gonna think about it after it happens yeah you know like this is like Oh, hey, Oregon. Hey, Colorado. Are we going to play this game today? All right. Good job. Hope none of you get hurt. Everybody, you too. All right. Everybody over there is just like more obsessed with what weed they're going to smoke. Well, I mean, again, like that's the other thing is you try to make a rivalry out of two legal weed states. Not yeah, going to no, happen. Thanks, man. It's, not, <laughs> it's too chill. <laughs> look, man, I don't want to. I don't want to like look. What is competition anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, when you, when you go through the stands at Oregon or Colorado in that game and you count how many blonde dudes with dreadlocks there are, you're not really going to have a raucous <laughs> crowd. Like, I'm just telling you. Yeah, my name's Xander. <laughs> oh, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> what else would it be? Yeah. <laughs> Where are the rest of them? Like, we're all here. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I like – But, yeah, Colorado, Colorado has one of the more interesting ones. Uh, because they're transitioning into a new league. Um, means the same with Arizona State too. Because yeah. I, I, I mentioned Excellent Kenny transition. Yeah, I, mid, I mentioned Kenny Dillingham because I think he's awesome. Like, yeah. I think he's like just weird and crazy enough, and he's also not much older than me, which makes me feel sad. But like he's like thirty five. Yeah, and the way that he took on, he was undermanned all season. But the way that they played against. I believe it was the USC game that year. And look, it, it was a precursor to, oh, everyone can score on USC. But it was unbelievable the amount of stuff he was just willing to try because he knew he didn't have enough players. He knew the player. He recognized the personnel that he had. And he took over play calling for that game. And they were doing double flea flicker reverses and, like, halfback passes. And I love when a coach is just like, throw it all out. I don't care. You know, I, I, I love when a coach recognizes what he has in front of him. And he's just, like, the right attitude for Arizona State, mm -hmm. which you got to kind of realize where you're at, you know? Yeah. no, it is, Be where like, your feet are. And I think he's like, oh, party school? Let's party, brother. I, and I, it just it feels right. Well, I mean, he's an alum, so he knows. Yeah. But, like, the other thing is Arizona State, Garrett and I say this all the time, oh. is – the most untapped resource, like the university itself right. is really cool. Like they've not been, they've had very poor leadership in their athletic department. We all know that their AD is leaving. Like Terrible, yeah. they've had NCAA problems. Like they've, they've got all these things going on. Their president really didn't understand athletics like <laughs> at all. Uh, and that's why they're, that's what they were in the spot that they were like, they had to call the big trouble and be like, okay, we get it now. Like, yeah. like, oh, oh, really? You had to, like, everyone else had to leave for you to go, okay? And, <laughs> but 
they, they're an untapped resource. Right. Like, they're a very untapped resource because, again, and that's what the best part about, like, to me, the most functional part about the Big 12 growing, because you can't, like, there's only so many brands. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you can, like, if you think about the Big 10 and the SEC is like, like malls, you know, like malls succeed because they have big brands in them, right? So, like, you're not going to have, like, a wildly successful mall that's just all boutique shops yeah. and bespoke stores. Like, you need a Gap and a Banana Republic and all that. Like, the SEC is, like, the mall you go into, and they've got everything, right? Yeah. The Big Ten, for the most part now, is a mall you go into. They've got everything. Occasionally, an Orange Julius is hanging around. Yeah, exactly. The Big 12 is kind of like that, but they're not, like... <laughs> They're more of the, like, let's make sure how we can do economics. Like, yeah, we're not in every city, but the cities we're in are big. And for the, the most of the new ones. like the Hillsborough Outdoor Mall. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, there's only two stores open. Like, there's still a Nike outlet just because Nike needs a, a place bed, to put all their crap. Bath and Body Works. <laughs> yeah. That also closed down on its own, but there's still <laughs> lotion in there. Yeah, exactly. So, the, just it's just storage, essentially, for Nike, for shoes from 1901. Yep. Or whatever, you know, not 1901, like 1991. But, yeah, now that, like, those, those things are, like, that's where it is. But with Arizona State coming in and Phoenix being like, you have an opportunity to really kind of grab hold of something. You and Arizona both that you haven't probably, nope. you know. Both those schools are so interesting because they've always, it'll seem like they will always get a coach in there that will just randomly reel off a 10 or 11 win season. But the rest of the seasons, they're like four and eight, six and six, six and six, seven and five. Back down and then boom, twelve wins. I don't yeah. know if they've ever won twelve, like, but, it, but you get like a nine and three season where they lose it, a couple. It, close I feel games. like Arizona and Arizona State are perpetually nine win teams. I don't know how that happens. Well, and, and even less poor like leadership. The, yeah, it's yeah, poor, poor leadership. leadership in their athletic department is what it is. Well, look, uh, Arizona's just fired their athletic exactly. director yesterday, so mm. they have a two hundred forty million dollar budget shortfall. So there are. I mean, we've gone through pretty much every one. We left out Cincinnati and Purdue, but Jeff we Brom, could, yeah. Louisville. Jeff Brown and Louisville, Back. I'm not I'm yeah. not yeah, he's like he's loading up in the transfer portal. Like they're he's right like again, um talk about a wild man at coach, by the no, way. Too. Nobody also like the whole city of Louisville and the whole alumni were like, who would you like at coach? And like Jeff Brown. And then for a couple of years, Louisville's like, How about this guy who's not Jeff Brown? They're like, <laughs> we're only gonna call him not Jeff Brown. We're not gonna acknowledge them as a human being right. until they're Jeff Brown. And so it would just be coach. Yeah. <laughs> how how are you, uh, Coach, how's our defense going to be, Coach, not Jeff Brown? Like, that's what it is. Name on placard. Yeah, exactly. That's who it was. And then, so, he knows he has the backing of the community. I think he's doing a really good job of, like, I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to make, I'm going to use every tool. They're good my, this season. Yeah. And, and they, like, they've loaded up in the portal. They've loaded up. Ooh. Absolutely. When we come back, let's talk NFL playoffs. Yes. Royden, um, your Texans. I'm not sad. Our outlook. My Cowboys out. Not sad. You know, Jack's Packers are out. My team didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. Go Washington. Bunch of not sad boys. Hey, guess what? We're all in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, Cancun. Hey, not. He has, how many playoff wins did he have? How many playoff wins does Jack have? Two. <laughs> <laughs> so he still has more. Yeah. Let's let's not let's not get in the weeds here. <laughs> Don't worry about <laughs> it. Let's get in the weeds. Anyway, look, there's only there's 31 losers in the NFL, yeah. and let's just face it, there's 31. Sports are for losers. Yes. So if you really anyway, when we come back, we'll talk about the championship game matchups this weekend. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. 
Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back, Paul Catalina and Royden Ogletree here on the Triple Option. And, uh, uh oh. So, uh, what you don't know is Royden is an day. arsonist and he yeah. set that fire. No. <laughs> he. He will do anything to succumb to the almighty flame. No. <laughs> uh, no, I um, called me in the night. <laughs> I, uh, I want to talk about the NFL playoffs. Like, you're a huge Texans fan. Yeah. Uh, in the first half, they availed themselves very well. Eh. And, well, I mean, like, it was like, look, they were, they were there. They were there. But, like, it, for both the 49ers and the Ravens, they neither of them had like they had played in 20 days, right? Like, or the starters especially hadn't played in 20 days, like they. But so the starters looked like a bunch of people who hadn't played in 20 days, and then like once they got the first halves over in both those games, it was like, all right, now let's yeah, we're, we're, we're the rust is knocked off and uh, and let's well, go, especially for Baltimore. Like yeah. it kind of came down, it made it a little bit more shaky for the 49ers, but I mean, I clearly. They're the two best teams, yeah. but uh, the the Baltimore game. As soon as as soon as Fairbairn missed that kick to go into the half, I was like, surely, surely this won't, you know, come back to haunt us at all. And then they immediately scored a touchdown in like five minutes after the after the half. Yeah, and so it it was never. It shouldn't have been as close as it was in the first half, but yeah, you're right. It's like. Lamar Jackson had to kind of figure out how to play football again for two minutes, and their receivers had to figure out how to, like, get open. And once – really what it came down to is once they figured out that, oh, we can just run it down their throats, and they had, like, 42 carries or 250 yards. Yeah. That's when it was – I mean, it was over. Yeah. But um, also not spying Lamar Jackson was a choice. <laughs> it happens. It's always a choice. It happens. And, look, I, I think – the Texans arrows pointed up. The Packers arrows pointed up. Yeah. Um, the team I feel that like that's got the uh, the biggest problems after a loss is the Bills because the Bills yeah. have a ton of free agents and they have no cap space. So yeah, they have a lot of dead cap money. The, They've been the, kind of like they're going to have to you know push that dead cap money off into the future and then try to win with what they have and draft picks. This, I mean, I don't want to saw like this is like, the end of the also row. Sure, but Stephon like at Diggs least wants to be there too. At least in the, like the next like. This feels like for this iteration of the team, that was maybe their best shot. It before always, they have to like do some rebuild just because they've got expiring contracts that they're not going to be able to keep all these guys on this team. And look, sometimes you let people go and it doesn't hurt you, but like they've got a lot of expiring contracts. It always does. And I mean, they like they really were kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul because it it uh that Von Von Miller contract's going to kind of come back to haunt him. They mm -hmm. didn't have to give him – like, obviously, he had a great year for them, but they didn't have to give him as much money as they did, mm -hmm. it seemed like. And, you know, Stefan Diggs wanted a new contract, and now he probably doesn't even want to be there anymore for some reason, even though he's had career years with Josh Allen. Um, and then eventually, like, they had to pay – did they pay Josh Allen already? Yeah, they paid mm -hmm. him, like – $300 million or whatever yeah. it was. So, and that's become the problem too, is the cap continues to go up as the NFL became, becomes more popular. And you could fill this room with what I don't know about the salary cap in the NFL. Yeah. But the, the problem is, is that now if you have a star quarterback, you now have to pay him like NBA players are getting well, paid. Look, um, you know? look, the Cowboys are up. Or like MLB players like, are getting paid. Here's the thing. The Cowboys, um, you want to know there's no changes because – they can't make all – like, I'll tell you why Mike McCarthy's there. Because you're going to bring in a new coach that's kind of signalizing a new era, mm -hmm. right? And signalizing, signaling a new era. I, I hate it when I make up words. Uh, but signaling a new era. And if you do that, like, then you, you're not, you, you are not in the position right now, unless you're going to completely tank this next season – to let Dak ride out on this last year and then move on. Like mm -hmm. I read a great over the cap um, 
the guy who does Over the Cap, I can't remember his name, but OverTheCap.com, you can learn a lot about it. There. Okay. But uh, he wrote an article about, like, Cowboys can do several things. None of them are devastating, but none of them are ideal. Like, so they can let Dak play out in a year, or they can renegotiate Dak and push this off into the future a little while, mm-hmm. and then kind of go forward with free agents, which they don't do, and try to win now with Dak and Mike McCarthy, which seems like the best plan. I don't know if they're going to do that, but, like, they, again – They've got to extend – they've already extended Trayvon Diggs, so that's done. But they've got to extend CeeDee Lamb and Micah Parsons here soon and Tyler Smith, like, after that. So, like, they've got extensions coming and, you know, kind of, you know, the revolving door of people coming in and out anyway. So you've got this problem with Dak and the, the fact that you can't just kind of let him walk and then expect to be fine, you know. And it's it's weird place to be when you don't have – like, I think Dak's great, and he probably should have gotten way more MVP love than he actually did. Um, but it's weird when you don't have someone that is a consensus, like, like one person has won Super Bowls, and it's been Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. Yeah. And, and it's it's weird when you don't have a consensus, like, top five guy. Yeah. And Dak, depending on where you have him, will shift into that or out yeah. of that. But the problem is, is he's not solidified in there. But you – they're like, the, the deadfall from, from – from okay to good quarterback to absolute trash quarterback is crazy. So if you have an okay to good quarterback, you have to pay them money, right? Yeah. Because what are the Cowboys going to do? They can't go get a, another quarterback. They don't have, one, the draft capital to, like, trade up to go do it, or, you know, who are they going to pay? So, yeah, you got to stick with Dak and also – you don't want to like turn it over to a new coach and hope that they are as good as what Mike McCarthy okay. brought you to be. So like, okay. So if the replacement isn't Bill Belichick, right. Right. Or somebody who's got skins on the wall, which there's not that many people. So if it's not him, then the new coach is going to be a, probably a new type guy. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, just, I like Vrabel, but well, it, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think it would be him. Like if, yeah. if they're really going to go in a new direction, like, then maybe they go back to the Jimmy Johnson direction of here's the best college coach. Like, this is the next guy. Like, it's going to be Harbaugh or – and he's not exactly new, but, like, he would be mm-hmm. new in this sense. Or Lincoln Riley or something like that. Like, we're going to try to change the whole game, you know, and do this and bring in this guy. Well, then you tell him, like, you're going to do this with Dak Prescott. And you have to win with Dak Prescott. Like, they're not at that point yet. Mm-hmm. Plus, they've won 12 games three years in a row. So, they, they might as well try to, like – figure out a way through with this roster. Considering the NFC is not exactly like a crap load of world beaters. Like no, the AFC is the heaviest like quarterback discrepancy in that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And look, the, look, the NFC's best QBs this year were all made it like to the end, you know, mm-hmm. like in, in various regards in the playoffs, but they're not like, again, it's not like if Jim Charbaugh takes that chargers job, he could have, them up in the division and winning with Justin Herbert. He makes a couple good decisions right away because that's there. Justin Herbert is a, an elite QB with a bad team, you know, and bad coaching around him. But, like, they have so many good quarterbacks. When you've got Allen and Burrow and, you mm-hmm. know, Mahomes and Jackson and – Now Stroud. like Stroud, yeah. Yeah, yeah Stroud it, and Lawrence and – What you, know. you don't want to be is kind of where the Saints have been is where they're really pushing the dead cap money down the – down the line, and eventually it has to bottom out, and they keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And I think they have somebody would have to correct me. They have like fifty million dollars of like dead cap money or something like yeah. that. Maybe more than that. Yeah. And so they keep like go. Okay, well we're gonna go eight and nine. Yeah. Because we can't afford to fill out the rest of the roster, but we got these group of guys yeah. that we've paid, and you don't want to be in that position, especially in a division that's as good as the NFC East. But where you want to be is kind of where Green Bay is going to have to get a little tricky because eventually they're going to have to pay Jordan Love because he's coming yeah. to the end of that rookie deal. But you want to try to be where the Texans are, where actually San Francisco still is, and eventually they're going to have to pay Brock Purdy, and that's going to be incredible discourse. Um, but where you can fill out the rest of the roster mm-hmm. in this very slim five-year gap and hope to God that you can that you can win. And you can kind of see what's happening with Kansas City where it's like, Patrick Mahomes, even though he only had like 215 yards, is really having to elevate a yeah. very limited cast. Yeah. And, you know, like they, they got Rasheed Rice is starting to come on. Yeah. And so that's going to be their, their dude, and they're going to they're gonna fix that. But it just shows you how, how well run they are. Yeah. You know, that, that, that they can have a year where they're just like kind of meh by their standards. And then 
the playoffs start, and it's like, yeah, man, no more. Like, right. we, we, we did this. Listen, we did this on cruise control. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, did, we did this with, with Travis Kelsey going to friggin' Germany or Brazil or wherever to yeah. see his girlfriend have a concert on the bye week, and we were fine. Yeah. You know, like, Do you think how, we were serious with the Kadarius Tony stuff? Do you really think we were serious with that? <laughs> yeah. Come on, we were just trying stuff out. Yeah. So, but that brings us down to, look, you can win, like, Anybody can win anywhere if you have the right people, and that's the Lions. You know, like, they've yeah. they got the right people finally for the first time in forever. They've got the right people, and they're going to, like, um, I think America is rooting for a Lions-Ravens Super Bowl. In, yeah, you don't really outside. have a heart. Yeah. You. I mean, we've seen, listen, we've seen 49ers-Ravens. I was there. I know. <laughs> I, I, well, I was in New Orleans. I wasn't at the game. I was at a bar with Q. You know Q. Yeah. You know Q. Um my favorite Your story lights went out in a different way. Well, no, his lights went out. Like he, like he, like passed out at halftime in the bar we're in. <laughs> the blackout happened. He woke up and he's like, "No, it's still halftime." I'm like, "No, Q, they like literally played like seven minutes, and then the lights went out." And then so he's like, "No, no, man, it's halftime." I was like, "No, no, buddy, <laughs> no." Like you, I've been here. He like he made it to Beyonce and then was out. And then it was like, give this guy some water and some fried shrimp, and let's just keep, let's keep, let's keep that on rotation. Keep that on rotation for a little while. I look. I want Lamar to succeed so badly. I also am like just not a fan of dynasties after twenty years of the Patriots. So having Kansas City, incredibly well run organization, and we all should aspire to have our football teams ran like that, and hope to God that we can find a Patrick Mahomes in yeah. the rough. But I I think that I think that I don't know, man. I I, I don't have anything other to elaborate yeah. other than like I don't like I, I well, I'm done with dynasties. I'm just done. Yeah. Well, just you let know what? somebody like, else win. Here's the deal. It's the, also nobody's won back-to-back Super Bowls in the, like two decades, yeah. but the best run organizations are the ones that make it there. Look, yeah. the Ravens are an excellent organization. They draft like they draft from the middle to the bottom of the draft every single year, mm-hmm. and they always get players that help them because they know how to identify talent and what works for them, and they don't change their systems. So, you know. Um, Something said about also, like, keeping John Hunt. I mean, I know, like, if you win a Super Bowl in the NFL, it seems that, like, you'll keep your job forever, regardless of where you, like – how good you are or not, or how much you underperform given your expectations. It, it seems like you just want, win one and like you're just, you have, you're locked down. But also keeping the same guy speaks volumes yeah. forever. If you know that he's actually a good coach, it just one, it didn't drop yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. So look, the, the Lions finally have people in place that are running it. The way that it, it, how do you NFL, feel about Dan Campbell? As I love an him. I, I love obviously, him. yeah, I love him. And it wasn't. It's not just that. Like we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Garrett and I did. In that, I don't hear rhetoric from coaches like he. And I don't say rhetoric like in the like, but like the rah rah stuff from yeah. coaches at many levels, other than like high school coaches. Like he's got that vibe of a high school coach, right? And in a good way, right? Like in that. This is an organization that needed a little bit of rah-rah. Like, they needed someone with energy to come in and ignore the past and say, we can only deal with what we can have now, and we're going to play physical, and we're going to be, like, this aggressive team. They needed that, and he got ridiculed for it, but what was a guy supposed to do? Like, yeah, I'm the coach in Detroit, and we're going to play Detroit Lions football. It's and cold blah, 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 here. Blah. You know, we really we owe it to the fans who've been loyal through everything. Blah, 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 blah. Detroit needed a firebrand. And they got the right one, right. who's not only just a guy who's out there. Sometimes guys just bark. I mean, that's all they are. But Dan Campbell has some substitutes. He's well-respected around the league, other coaches. But, like, he has a button to him that maybe other guys don't. And that's fine. Like, look, not everybody has to be a rah-rah guy. But sometimes an organization needs some rah-rah. And yeah. they got it from yeah. Dan Campbell. He doesn't strike he, – he strikes me as a guy that, like, doesn't believe in ghosts – and they just needed a guy is in there that was just like, none of this is real. No curses or anything. Nothing matters. Or he's a guy that really believes in it and like performed an exorcism in the middle of the field. But I, th- there was a tweet, and I wish I could remember who it was by, but it said that the best coaches in the NFL right now are either nerds or linebackers. And mm-hmm. that 
kind of falls into place when you have like Mike McDaniel, but on the other end of the spectrum, I know he wasn't a linebacker, but you have like Dan Campbell. Well, it's tight end. Yeah. Like, so yeah. it's just like nerds or jocks. Like I, anybody I, in between those, like I went, I grew up in this coaching tree. It's like, no, I've been like studying plays for like a thousand years yeah. or uh, I'm going to hit you in the face when you but come out D- of the tunnel. D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think he's a, actually a good blend of both because I think he's a really good football coordinator. Dan Campbell, I don't know how much coordinating he does, but it really is like somebody pointed out that he actually what he says in halftime is what he comes out to the reporters and they're like, "What did you say to him in halftime?" And he's like, "I just told you what I said to them in halftime. Yeah. Like, we need to we need to play better." <laughs> like, yeah. just, like he's like actually honest yeah. about what he said to him. It was like we we were playing like crap. Yeah. Well, what did you tell him? That. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you two different things. Yeah. I don't have, look, like he's like, I don't have the time to say two different things. And some coaches can do that. Like, can go in their locker room and they can dress other the guys and they come out and they're like, look, I just told them that, uh, you know, we got to, we got to focus a little bit more. Yeah. You know, exactly. we're good. And like, you think about really, it. Really, they're cussing them up and down, but yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, sometimes I can tell. Like, you know, like the other thing is, I grew up also with like Bobby Bowden and Steve Spurrier, who had no secrets. Like, they really had no secrets. Like, both those guys, like, you go to Steve Spurrier, like, well, how I'm going to tell you what's going on here. we got a defense that's not playing really good right now. I'm yeah. going to go in there and tell them that. Yeah. Um, you know, our defensive ends are getting too far up the field. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not doing well in the run game. we got to close that up. Uh, and I'll talk to our coaches and our players about that. I'm not, I'm not too happy with the performance uh, offensively either. You know, and, and Bobby Baden would come out. And I don't think he ever really, like, he was not, like, the rip into people. He always had, like, consigliere's for that. Like, <laughs> he'd, like, give them, like, the, like, here's what we need to focus Some on. And he's like, I'm going to turn it over to Coach Andrews here, and uh, I'm going to step out of the room and pray while you guys get uh, right. eaten alive. But, like, he'd be like, yeah, we're not, we're not playing with a lick right now. You know, our quarterback's uh, got a bit of a stomach bug, and you know, we got to give him some uh, Pepto at halftime. We'll talk about that. Uh, you know, defense just not doing well. Not doing well. And so they would say those things, and then you get, like, the coaches come up and like, well, you know, we're just not uh, – you know, things well, aren't going well. But You also had Belichick that has been, like, the pinnacle of coaching for years, and yeah. people tried to imitate him, where it's, like, what he would tell the reporter, well, you have to play better, which yeah. you know is not what but he's like, telling them in halftime. I think, I think, and here's the best thing I can say about Dan Campbell, is, listen, do your act. Don't yeah. do somebody else's act. Right. Like, the most, like, nobody is a successful, like, musician because or comedian or entertainer or anything because they're doing somebody else's act. Like they're just, that's why a lot of Belichick's assistants haven't worked out Mm -hmm. because instead of going and doing their act and losing what they learned from Bill Belichick, they're going and trying to do like Belichick's The years of the Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, like not answering questions to the media or being snarky to the media. is like, dude, you're not good enough to like warrant this. You can't, you can't do this. Like, look, Bill Belichick, is Chappelle, yeah. okay? Chappelle can do Chappelle. If you're going to come and try to be like him, people are going to be like, well, why don't I just go watch that show? Right. Like, that's I'll what pay they're the extra do. money. I'll pay the extra money for that because I feel like, a, like I'm seeing a worse version of it. Like, right. you have to do your own thing. The guy, like, look, John Harbaugh does his own thing. Andy Reid does his own thing. Dan Campbell certainly does his own thing. Uh, and Kyle Shanahan does his own thing. Like, I'll even tell you, Kyle Shanahan doesn't even do his dad's thing. Like, he's different than that. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like, he's not, like, there are certain concepts that they have that are the same, and you can tell where he learned, but I'm looking at Kyle Shanahan, and I don't don't see the 97 Broncos. Mm -hmm. I see Kyle Shanahan's team. I mean, I see, like, you know, a little bit of the DNA, but, like... Yeah, the play-action stuff, but there's... It's got more than one pair. The amount of the motion and things that he does is interesting. I... This game... Oh, it'll be in San Francisco, because they've had two... Uh, they're the number one seed, but I don't know who I like. I mean, it was raining in just poor conditions. Green Bay had been playing out of their minds. Probably should have won that game. Yeah. But like, but also you have a team equally as on fire and up and ready to play with Detroit. I don't know. Like, I, I, I it is probably ends up being a game where San Francisco come out. De- Debo Samuel is actually healthy, and they like blow him out by like twenty. Yeah, because De- Brock Purdy is hitting all of his underneath throws, and everything mm-hmm. is going great. But I also just think something is something weird is happening with Detroit, and not for nothing. If the season ended today, this is the best season Detroit football has had 
Ever. Ever. Well, I mean, well, I mean like the, 1960 when it was called the World Championship. Well, yeah. I mean, that you know, again, when they like when they were winning before, yeah. you know, the coach would be like, listen, uh, buddy, come on, get a cigarette, calm down. That was a rough drive. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe have another one before you go back out there. If Here's get, a Fanta. If you get a couple of smokes and a and a Coca-Cola in, you'll feel better. It's an incredible the picture drive. with the Kansas City Chiefs Every, like, Let's everybody go in at halftime, have some meatloaf. Let's... Uh, <laughs> You know, I feel like we're not doing all that well. Here's a big bowl of pasta, brother. <laughs> yeah. Get eat this eat this now. Like, hey, um, I think I pulled my hamstring. All right. Uh, tape it up. Tape, tape it up. You know, just run after. Pull that other guy's hamstring, and then you'll be even. That'll, yeah. be, the, that'll be what we do. Well, Royden, always great to see you. Hey. We've come to the end of our time. Thanks to uh, Garrett. Uh, no thanks to Jack. He's worthless and stupid, and I hate him. Uh <laughs> No, that would, that's mean. I don't, I don't really mean that. I'm still mad about the whole Packers-Cowboys thing, and he'll have that over me for a year. For a year. He's had it for a while, He's actually. had it for a while, yes. You know, I thought, like, a couple years ago, they went up to, to Lambeau and beat the Packers in overtime. Yeah. And I thought, all right. We've exercised like, these demons. There, there we go. They've turned the corner. And then that very same year, the Packers came to Dallas – and Aaron Rodgers threw the best pass that's ever been thrown <laughs> in the history of all sports. Oh. It was the best play that's ever been made by an individual. <sighs> like, it's just... It sucks that uh, he is where he is today because he was so good at football. Yeah, well... I don't want to get into that, but anyway. Yeah, so anyway. But uh, thanks to all of you who watched today. Uh, coming up on the show later, we're going to talk about Louisville's Portal Hall with our good friend Alexis Cubit because they've got... They've got quantity and quality. I mentioned in the top five yesterday. I thought we would dive into Louisville because we've been talking about them kind of in the aggregate, but not like direct at them. Yeah. Uh, we'll also have Jake Fisher uh, talking about Arizona and all the stuff they've got going on there, new us. coach and all that. These are called um, deep teases. We've got off the radar. We have uh, Baylor assistant coach Jared Anderson today, yep. and we have John McClain today. So uh, we have a lot going on today on the show. Uh, so that's all coming up at 3 o'clock. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. See you later, everybody. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A